Welcome to Glass Onion Minute. I'm your host, Adil Kerji, and this week, my guest is Darren Husted. Hello. Uh, welcome back. It's Thursday, and we are on Minute 119. That is 015800 to 015859. And we have just, um, we're mid, uh, sentence with Miles having burnt a napkin, um, saying, what was the line? Um, did you see this proof, this smoking napkin blanc? And we continue with uh, a cut to Blanc, biting his his tongue, looking a bit hard. Miles is now with the dining table, uh, walked up to the dining table backwards uh, with the, that messianic um, sort of weird cave, or I don't know what we would call that style of painting, but um, very um, religious lo- looking painting behind him. Now, did anybody... Helen frantically turns to look around. Everyone looks down in a nice little quick cut cut through people. Okay, then wow. Wow, we got some big accusations flying around here. Except everybody seems to have very foggy recollection of what they actually saw, and there's nothing but totally circumspective evidence. Benoit sighs. So if this was just us playing my murder mystery game, which we shouldn't have been doing all weekend, then Blanc... Wins an iPad Pro this time. But this is the real world. And in the real world, you need more than a neat little detective story. You need evidence. And you've got nothing. Do you? Cut to Helen walking up to Benoit, who turns to her uh, slowly and solemnly and slowly and says, He's right. The contents of that envelope. Obviously, we had some cutaways and stuff in that, but I figured we would just talk about those as they came along. I mean, really, this is just a monologue minute with some good reaction shots uh, sprinkled through. Uh, again, as always, what do you think of the minute? I think it's funny because we get to see Miles, like, how he thinks, like, because he's thinking out loud here, where he's, like, literally pointing to people and being like, you didn't see any evidence, did you? We haven't got any evidence. There's no evidence of anything. We mm. should have been playing the mystery murder mystery game, which is why he invited everyone there. Although, you know, I think the broader thing is he invited everyone there to give himself an alibi so that when Andy's, you know, uh, death was found, he would be somewhere else. Uh, and obviously he's already lied earlier in the film about the fact that he's been at Greece like all summer when we've, we, we, are, we obviously know he's been spending time with whiskey in New York. So this is him just kind of like... You know, doing kind of like like we said, what he's good at, which is basically completely rewriting the narrative to fit his events and also relying on the fact that he is a rich white guy. And therefore, as long as he says this is the truth, everyone else will just have to go along with it. Um, And I think it's like it's again, you know, it's great performance from Edward Norton kind of really inhabiting miles of being this person who just kind of um, just immediately is like there's no evidence now everyone's on my side (laughs) like he's he's so he's just basically kind of poisoning the well straight away of like if anyone says anything about this like i i am the person who is telling the truth and everyone's gonna have to copy what i'm saying um and you know it's just a masterful manipulation sorry benoit uh he's the one who said do we get an ipad or something and at the time i i've read it as him saying like uh, downplaying his actual reason oh, yeah. to be there. Yeah, there's a right? little bit. Of, there's a little bit of subterfuge. And so he, yeah. like, it, it, the whole iPad thing was 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 
blowing smoke up his actual role there, which has now been obviously exposed. So to me, him saying, him thinking he's giving a dig to Benoit about the iPad Pro shows that he still doesn't understand what was going on. Because Benoit at the time was saying, what, do we get an iPad? It's all the mystery. I came here for the mystery, right? That's all subterfuge and making himself look like that's the only reason he's there to, to not, like... Um, why isn't anyone on to the fact that he's here about <laughs> yeah. Andy? And then now we're obviously post-reveal, and he thinks he... So wh- having just said the clever, clever line about the smoking napkin, he's trying to continue being clever and says, ah, oh, Benoit, now you get an iPad Pro. Look, I'm di- I'm needling you about your stupid iPad comment, not realizing the iPad comment was him being manipulated. And so now he's just... He's doubly so because he didn't even I figure it out. I think there's also a little bit of, of, of Benoit kind of trying to say to him, like, okay, we're solving this murder mystery that you've kind of invited us all here for. Not really him, but, you know... Um, you know, what is the yeah. reward? Like, wh- why are we just solving? We can't just be solving a mystery to solve a, a murder mystery. Like, there, there's no, there's no, no, there's no end goal there. That doesn't really, you know, almost as if to say, look, yeah. unless there's a, some kind of reward at the end, you know, and and then why the heck did you waste? Yeah, and then when time? Miles is pushed and he's like, well, oh, you know, what do you want? And he's like, you know, an iPad or something. Just giving that as the example. Yeah, like, bl- yeah. like. Miles is just like okay, you can have an iPad, but that isn't why he's, he's he isn't saying he wants an iPad. He's saying he wants some kind of reward, and Miles just can't think of a, a different thing. Like as soon as he said iPad, it's in his head, and he's like, okay, yeah. you can have an iPad. Um, but yeah, and then like you say, he's trying to be clever by calling back to that with the iPad Pro thing. But it's like he like <laughs> like you're saying he gets an iPad Pro for what solving the murder of Duke. Like that's an actual person that's dead. Like oh no, so so really, what I mean, I think it's like you said, it's a great monologue to show not only like just how limited he is, uh, but just how like awful he is yeah. as a person, right? So like the limited is not getting the that whole iPad exchange and the like the duck and weave going on as far as as why uh, Benoit was acting like that, while also Benoit just sort of poking fun at him in his face, right? Um. But also just like a, yes, your fake murder mystery, which was written by someone and had some tacky special effects, you would give an iPad for. This real murder, you think, gets an, deserves an upgrade. Solving an actual murder gets you an upgraded piece of tech. That's the difference between fiction and reality to this person. It's just like, it was more complicated. So, it, but the same class of thing, because he just, like... To be honest, this is like super sociopathic, right? Like that's the value, of, the lack of value of life. Yeah, it's like yeah, you you solved the murder of two people that I killed. Have an iPad Pro. It's like I like it. And, and but yeah. a flippant, a flippant iPad Pro, like non-joke that misses the point of the original thing you're yeah. calling back. It's to. like okay, it's... but just like none of that has the weight of life yeah, loss. That's a, right? that's a funny line, Miles. But what you're saying is you can murder people and get away with it. And the only outcome is you're down an iPad Pro. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I was just thinking to myself, like, obviously, you know, Gillian uh, Flynn, um, you know, because, uh, uh, you know, Gone Girl, obviously a big hit. Um, and she had, you know, that wasn't her first novel. She, you know, she'd written uh, Sharp Objects, which then got turned into a TV show. Um, and mm. I was thinking to myself, what has she done, uh, like, post-pandemic? And she had a TV show uh, called Utopia, uh, which I think was based on a Channel mm. 4 show. Um, and for a period, I think that um, uh, the director of Gone Girl, David Fincher, I think David Fincher was going to yeah. 
have some role in that adaptation at some point um but in the end he didn't um but i think it's funny that like the last thing she did was that and that was cancelled just as like lockdown like kind of happened like it, it finished production just before lockdown and then you know later in 2020 aired on amazon prime and then it was cancelled so it's funny that actually Gillian Flynn in like early 2020 would have had some time after the after the production of mm. Utopia had wrapped she would have had some, some time to write a murder mystery for Miles Brunt. So I know as just a nice detail that it kind of fits um, and obviously also the connection to David Fincher and you know um Edward Norton as well. So there's you know there's an interesting little kind of in joke there. The Among Us scene cameos, yes. right? Um are exact a great example of what does this like what are the boundaries of this world yeah. right because then because the, we've got i mean it also it also yeah, means just, that uh the thingy the poker face also exists within this world which is produced by ryan johnson so does knives out exist in this world well it doesn't necessarily mean that that um poker face exists so this is where like you could have the counterfactual where these people exist but not all of the works that they've yeah. done in this i mean world. that makes sense but i mean it does bring up the issue of like whether or not poker face exists and whether or not ryan johnson exists and whether or not oh, yeah and Which who I directed think is... the last jedi like well yeah i mean the problem is then because if ryan johnson exists and all his works exist then there definitely yeah. is glass onion and but presumably that given the timing Ryan Johnson was just writing this movie <laughs> while this event yeah these based, events based were on true events is what it would say within the within the universe of Benoit Blanc there is a film that is called Glass Onion and it's based on true events and it depicts the the things that happened within this uh, it's very much like a Tropic Thunder thing where Tropic Thunder isn't the film Tropic Thunder it's a film about the making of Tropic Thunder that gets Oscars and at the very end it's revealed that it's actually called Tropic Blunder and that is what everyone wins the awards for, not Tropic Thunders. <laughs> like, it's a, it's a very, right. yeah, it's a weird kind of. I, I just, I find it funny that, yeah, this is like we see that the difference between Miles and Gillian Flynn, and the difference is Miles just basically says to all these people in this room, pointing at Lionel and Peg and Birdie and Claire, and basically saying to them, "You didn't see anything, and if anyone asks, that is what you're going to say." And it's just naked manipulation, like in, right out in front of everyone. And then, of course, after the iPad Pro line, it's like, you know, uh, Benoit Blanc has to admit, yeah, like he's right. And he said that early in the film as well. You know, he said to Andy, or Helen, should I say, he said, I can, I can, solve, yeah. the, I can solve the murder. I can find out who killed your sister. But that's it. Like, once I well, found it out, that I, I've got no legal basis. I can't prosecute them. I can't arrest them. I can't do anything. I just basically can tell you how it happened. And then you have to do the rest. And the funny thing is, that's kind of similar to what happens in um, in Knives Out. He, like he solves it, yeah. And he, like he, you know, he 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 tells everyone it's you know a hole missing in the middle of a donut or whatever. Well, everyone looks puzzled as to what exactly he's talking about. But then he, his solving it is basically uh, the only way he can actually have the police involved and and prosecute the person who did the murder is by setting him up and just kind of pretending that. Yeah, pretending that that this person is still alive, and they're going to tell, they're going to say that he attempted the murder, and then of course, you know, just by pure luck, um, you know, he tries to murder Anna Diarmas, and then of course it's like, oh, like if that had gone wrong, what you've got then is another body that's been murdered in front of him. But I, you know, so he's very clear that uh, like his role is just to solve a mystery. He cannot then take it any further. 
And, you know, he has to admit that again in this film. Yeah, I think it's a neat through line in in um in these movies is is like and I, and I think the way he's portrayed especially in the beginning and throughout this and even just his excitement at like solving the silly fake murder mystery like it it really does describe him both like what interests him and challenges him and why he does this is the puzzle but also the boundaries of his agency in these situations tends to just be puzzle solving as well. It's this nice, interesting parallel of he's not a cop. He doesn't have jurisdiction, right? He's not even working with the people who do. So he literally is there to solve the puzzle. And that's actually all he wants to do. In Cluedo, you have to think to yourself, okay, you know, you've solved the murder of uh, Mr. Body or Mr. Black, depending on which version you're playing. And... At the end, mm. like, what are you doing? Like, you're Mrs. White. You're a cook. Like, okay, so you figured out that it was done in the library, you know, with the candlestick, and it was committed by Reverend Green. But what are you going to do now? Like, you, <laughs> you're not, you're not. There's nobody in that game that is a police officer. So it's like, okay, so so now you've mm. told me that the Reverend is a murderer. So what? They, are they not going to reach for the the revolver and shoot you? <laughs> like, like that's what this is like. It's like somebody solving the game of Cluedo, and then the person basically setting fire to the board, and then holding a gun to your head and going, "You didn't see anything, did you? Like, you, you, your detective yeah. notes have gone up in smoke. Nobody knows that it was done in in you know in the glass onion with the with the you know the pineapple juice. Like that's it. Like there's, there's no evidence. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, the funny thing is there is evidence of Duke's death, but again. Because of the way it was yeah. committed, it's not necessarily a murder. He could have easily picked up the wrong glass. And obviously that was the narrative that Miles was telling earlier. And just like he's doing now, he's yeah. just telling people. Weirdly, like, it's like a conscious gaslighting, yeah. right? Yeah, that's it. He's literally. He, he, he tricked people manipulation wise before, but now he's just going to do the same <laughs> thing yeah. to them. But be like, this is what we're, this is the story. And I'm not saying. I think it's really again smart. This is where he he lives, his wheelhouse, right? This is him saying, "Look, you all you all end up doing what I want, and that's what you did before." So I'm not even gonna be like, I'm gonna like use a slight tone to be like, "We all have foggy recollections," but that's the most pressure I even need to have because I already know you have I have you in my pockets, which weirdly is the strength of the manipulation is the pre-assumption he knows he know effectively he knows that they're willing participants in like his you know his island holiday this is taking place <laughs> during let's not forget a pandemic where everyone has basically been told do not leave your houses and yet they've all gone to a greek island because their billionaire friend sent them some little puzzle boxes and we've seen that like you know duke appears to be in a bubble Claire is clearly in a bubble because she's, you know, fumbling around with a mask, um, you know, although you know, she, and she's doing interviews over, you know, Zoom or whatever. And, um, you know, but but Birdie, she's she's having a gigantic party with people with Yo-Yo Ma and people, you know, blowing flames and like pre pretending that they're part of her bubble. And so there is a certain mm. level of, you know, people willing to, you know, um, kind of bend the rules and the first rule they bent is you shouldn't be on this Greek island. Whether or not you're wearing a mask and a yeah. person has come along and told you you're cured, 
you sh- you still shouldn't be on this island. You shouldn't be there in the first place. And you know, obviously, this is something that Claire will you know come to realize in the in a, in a few minutes' time. But it's like you should never have gone to that island, but you did, and so you're already a willing participant. And Miles already knows that he can send you a puzzle box with an invite in, and that's all it takes during the middle of a global pandemic <laughs> to get you to go to the like. Claire has left her husband and her children. We're presuming to come to this island for like a week. And all she does is basically sit around and get sunburned. And it's like, so, so yeah. it only took the slightest of pushes from Miles to be like, come to the island. And everybody did without even thinking. And yeah. like, so straight away, they're already a bit pliant. So him pointing to them going, we've all got foggy recollections of what happened. Did we see a napkin? Didn't we yeah. see a napkin? Yeah, we're, we're all we're all breaking the rules. So if we just continue consistently breaking the rules, it's fine. So keep doing what yeah. you've been doing. Uh, I have a question for you because okay. you brought it up. Um, the earlier moment of the film of uh, they're wearing masks and then they get inoculated. Do you think there was any actual medicine? I would say probably not. I think I th- I think the funny thing yeah. is is that, like you can play that moment both ways. Miles is a billionaire genius who's got access to an early version of the COVID. Ma- well, he's a billionaire. Yeah, he's, <laughs> well, no, at that at that point in the film, he's a billion. Oh no! Yeah. But yeah, I'm saying, but like, no, no, no. I'm, know, I'm saying, like, I'm saying. At that point in the film, he's a billionaire genius who could have cured COVID, and that's what he's giving to his friends. And yeah, and that's what himself. he's giving to his friends. But I think also the other part is he isn't a billionaire genius. He's just got a guy to spray something in people's mouths and tell them that they're okay to take their masks off because obviously Miles doesn't want to spend the entire weekend going through COVID protocols. Yeah, wearing so, a mask. And I think the funny thing is, of course, is. Like if if any of them had COVID, they obviously wouldn't have shown up. Like they, you know, they would have been sick. So so I think in a way he's kind of safe in that he's picked a bunch of people who probably haven't got COVID, but you know they still might. I mean, you know, people can be asymptomatic, can't they? So, but I think he's just taking that risk of like I don't want to spend a weekend with people wearing masks and keeping apart by six feet and all the rest of it. Like he he wants to just have a weekend like any other weekend. And so I think that you know yeah he just. He just got uh, Ethan Hawke to walk off the set of Moon Knight and spray people in the face with something and then walk away and pretend like that's the cure. I think it, it just it lines up so well to the, the miles we learn. Uh, I mean, about it's also he's also sent all the staff away like there's no staff on the island. There's just robots and, and Daryl, of course. But, you know, he's not part of this. And I think the funny thing is, to me, like, once you know that Miles is an idiot, it's like, yeah, of course he sent the staff away because there's no way for him to guarantee that none of those staff are going backwards and forwards from the island and maybe they might end up bringing COVID. Oh, yeah. So it's like the easiest way to pretend like you've solved COVID is to put yourself in a brand new bubble with a bunch of people and tell them that they don't have to wear masks. And they don't. And, 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 uh, yeah, you know, in theory, if you've got like six or seven people on an island and they're not coming into contact with people, then the likelihood of any of them getting COVID is extremely small. So, but yeah, it, it's typical of yeah. a billionaire to be like, I don't care about the rules. I'm just going to pretend that I've cured it. <laughs> and, and that's, and again, that kind of goes to the wider thing about Miles where a lot of his life seems to be a pretense. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's why the the moment we talked about last minute of of just like the despair, oops, that uh, Benoit had is because he knew this, said it out loud, um, and then like let the opportunity to undo the one piece of evidence that could be taken to the people who could do something slip through his fingers, uh, 
via the 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 insane um, later incident last. I minute. think it's interesting. It's interesting as well like, because when you watch the film the first time and you find out the twist that it's Helen, not Andy, that comes right after we've mm. had Helen be shot. And so when you see when you see yeah. her talking to Blanc, you're like, this is doubly tragic because her sister is dead, and that's the thing. We, but now also Helen is dead, and it's Blanc. And Blanc in those yeah. minutes, you know, after the twist, he emphasizes. You know, not only is he not a detective, but also he's he, he's putting her in danger. And so, you know, when I saw this the first time and she got shot and then he's like, oh, I'm putting you in danger. I'm like, oh, it's like he got her killed. But again, that yeah. like that's that's yeah, quite a twist. And, but that's the that's again, that's his limitation. Like he can put her on the island and he can stay with her as much as possible. But if someone wants to shoot her with a gun, then that's what's going to happen. And he can't prevent that. Um, you know, so it's, it's kind of interesting that there's, like he lays out to Helen very clearly this is what I can do and this is what I can't do. And she still takes the risk. And then obviously, you know, yeah. we also then lose the evidence and yeah, I've done it's all there's the loose ends are done. I really enjoy. Um, so like it, this minute is almost entirely miles monologuing, yeah. right? Um, I mean, he's at, he, he ends with a, like, uh, you you need evidence. You've got nothing. Do you? And that's the end of his monologue to be like, prove me wrong, right? But the entire time he's just he he think he's doing the thing, which is the parlor scene, except it's it's like a your parlor scene failed. What up? <laughs> yeah. Right. That's kind of what's going on, which I really enjoy him like reveling in. Um, and like again, Edward Norton's acting of just like you can feel his confidence building throughout the monologue, right? Um, it starts with kind of a surprised, okay, then, wow, we got some big accusations. Like, he's trying to grab at the room, be like, this this thing that just happened didn't happen. And by the end of it, he's like, we need more than a neat little detective story. You need evidence, and you've got nothing. Like, it's such a, and delivered in such a confident but not forceful way. He's just like, this is, we all know the facts are, stories don't aren't going to get me in trouble you need evidence and you got nothing right so like who i don't care that you figured it out keep your ipad pro it's not going to help it's similar it's similar to the to when benoit blanc actually solves the murder mystery that miles wanted him to take you know like a full weekend to solve yeah um you know it's like at the end of that miles is just sat there with like uh, you know a fake uh you know arrow sitting in him and blood spurting out and he's like, it's the opposite of this. Like, he's defeated then because it's like, you know, but it's like, again, he, Benoit Blanc solved that mystery in seconds. And, you know, okay, he gets thrown an iPad while he's sitting in the glass onion. But it's like, again, he doesn't get anything. Yeah. Like, there is there is no real reward for solving that mystery. Like, Miles didn't, like, he invited all these people here and solving the mystery was meant to be the reward itself. And so when he's here saying, you know, dismissing it and being like, oh, you know, you solved like a silly little mystery and you've got a story, but you've got no evidence. You could almost read that as like that. That's what happened earlier. Like yeah. there was an arrow stuck in him. But like, you know, the evidence, the evidence that Benoit Blanc presented when he solved that was just like, there's a thing around his neck, you know, Birdie, it's Birdie's thing. Like it, the, the whole kind of like, oh, Birdie was the one who did it. And yeah. like, it's like, yeah, okay, but. Like, if you took that to the police, we're like, oh, yeah, Birdie was the one who set up this arrow to shoot at this guy because he had this necklace. It's like, that sounds insane. Like, that isn't, that isn't a, like, um, um, a thing that the police would then be able to, pro- like, kind of pursue. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And I think it's the same. Like, it makes sense in terms of, like, the structure of the mystery, but it's the same here of, like, 
you've got nothing. You've got a story about how this person did that, and you know, Duke saw me at this place, and but it's like unless you've got the evidence of him, you know, putting the poison into Andy's cup and you know, his fingerprints on the tube, you know, in the garage or like, unless you've got actual, like what people in, you know, most common parlance would call actual evidence. Yeah. Then all you have is a story. Um, And I think it's funny because in some of these murder mysteries, like, um, you know, like a lot of Agatha Christie things, a person tells a story and gathers people in the room as as they do. Yeah, the parlor scene. And, yeah, and they get and they go through the the story of like, oh well, twenty years ago, this person stabbed that person, and they found out, and they did, and then at the end of it, the person just hangs their head and goes, yeah, okay, you got me, yeah, you know, it's a fair cop, and then they they allow the police to arrest them, yeah, but it's like if you if for a moment you think about like, oh well, what would this look like in court? People would be like, there's there's literally no evidence. It's just you say this thing happened years ago, and now this person did this thing, and it's like, I mean, I think that's the the the, the lovely naivety of the genre, right? Is the idea that once oh, people yeah. are caught. Again, get caught they would cop to it and this is exactly yeah. why uh, so this is i think one of the things that like obviously in this series ryan johnson takes the tropes and, inver- and does some form of inversion and i think this is one that isn't as well this are often discussed which is the like the trope of you're right you got me as if as if the facts were enough to just make someone realize they were they were not in trouble instead of being like okay so how do i fight these facts or what are the actual yeah. facts that are fightable um and, and because 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 these these are like epistemic uncertainty plays right they're about i don't know and then we, once the audience learns all the facts that's that's the thing that happens in the genre and so of course there's no there's usually no incentive to have the villain fight the facts because the whole point is we're except for things like maybe uh Certain things, right? Uh, like Columbo, we know who the murderer is the whole time, right? That's one of them. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. most of them, we don't. We learn with the with the show. So, from the audience perspective, the fighting the facts doesn't do much because we now are in the right epistemic state. So we may as well wrap up. And so for Ryan Johnson to be like, no, but this guy wouldn't. Why would he? <laughs> yeah, but in Columbo as well, they did like you know, the, uh, like last year I watched a few of like the kind of the middle of Columbo stuff, and there are a few episodes where like the the, the premise is, oh, this person murdered that person. We see the murder, and then obviously it's how does Columbo figure it out? But then even then, like particularly, I mean, I don't know why, but like William Shatner's like episodes always seem to be like this, where Columbo will come to him and give him a premise, and he'll go, well. I don't think that's correct, detective. I think actually what happened was this. And then Columbo's like, yeah, yeah, okay, all right, and accepts it. And then like two scenes later, he comes back with a different premise. And he's like, oh, I don't think you're correct there. So in Columbo, they do actually kind of keep fighting Columbo because they, you know, they obviously underestimate him. Yeah. But they, they, they also, like, they basically are showing that they are the villain by being the person who's like, well, maybe I didn't stab this person. Maybe it was that person. Yeah. And then, of course, Columbo's like, yeah, but that person was in a different state. Like, so so it's then for Columbo to keep constantly knocking down this person's, like, other premises until they're literally like, oh, no, it definitely was this person. And Columbo's like, well, you know, you said jam sandwich and he didn't have a jam sandwich. Mm. It was, and you're like, oh, okay, that's it. He's caught. And again, they, they even at that point, they do kind of be like, well, yeah, I guess you caught me. You're the better man. <laughs> you know, and Patrick, Patrick McGowan's episodes are a bit like that as well with Columbo, where it's like they match wits up to the very end where he's like, oh, I guess it's okay. Yeah, you're right. I did it. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. But here, you like you say, this is the inversion. This is him being like, no, I... I didn't do it, did I? And then pointing to everyone and being like, you agree with me? <laughs> and, and, you know, Benoit yeah. Blanc is left to kind of try and Columbo it, but it, it's, it, like, it doesn't matter how smart you are, Miles is basically just, 
He's got the money. Or, or not just like he can't. He doesn't even the fact that he can buy them out. It's the fact that he's already sort of done it, right? He he's got them their positions as far as they're concerned, right? He's responsible yeah. for where they are. Oh yeah, no, that, I mean, so he's pre-bought them, and they've shown that they're bought. Well, this is it. They've done it. For, they've done it for him before, so he's just relying on that. Yeah. Um, and you know, the people who covered those minutes, they said, you know, the court the court scene is like the shortest kind of court case in in film history because it literally lasts like a minute and yeah. a half, and it's all. Oh done. yeah, I was. That was my minutes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, like, but other people called that out as well. Yeah, it's like the court cases. You in other films, it would be half an hour of the film, and and in this one, it's ninety seconds because they're they're all corrupt and they're all being bought for. So it's yeah. like, okay, it's over. And you you and literally I, don't need many seconds to show that they're all bought out, except for when the point where they betray Andy. So it's just like literally just this montage of, nope, nope. Nope. And then we're like, yeah. okay, and court case done. But again, you know, setting, setting something up for like an hour later where the same thing is going to happen. Um, but, you know, more of that happens in the next minute. This is just Miles, yeah. like we say, talking quickly and hoping that, that like I, nobody I, realizes. Of course it's still Miles. So mid-monologue he goes, and there's nothing but totally circumspective evidence. And then we cut to yeah. Benoit with this <laughs> just oh let's see if i can find it actually just being like like he kn- he knows like he spent five minutes haranguing him and going over every single mm-hmm. word that he'd said wrong since they walked onto the island yeah and and it's but it's like it's this wide shot of uh again um miles in front of the table and he's got his hands out and he's gesturing and he's being really open and projecting like look i this is where we're at where i'm fine i'm not feeling threatened and then we have this tight shot on like the bust of benoit and it's just the uh, sigh and shaking yeah. his head and then we cut to cut to Helen sort of glancing at, at him sighing and then looking back to Miles who continues talking just the, the those two shots which I think it, after that it goes back to Miles in his open position are just so well done because circumstance is obviously the word that he's looking for uh, and he doesn't get it and again as you He's just been made fun of for the wrong words, but he has no idea what the right words are when the wrong words are coming. So just no idea. So it doesn't matter. And he doesn't care because now he's winning. So I think as well, like none of the like they don't bother showing any of the other disruptors also tripping over that word either. Like Mm. they, you know, because they were the ones who didn't really notice that it's not the Ionian Sea. Like, yeah, again, it's like the, the only two people in the room who really kind of notice that he's used the wrong word are Helen and the two outsiders. Yeah, and and I I you know I think that's kind of uh... in the in the case of like Birdie's an actress, so she once she knows what she's supposed to say, you know, regard she's going to say it. But Duke needed coaching, and it really felt like they did a great job of conveying that with the woodenness in which he was like, even the suit he was wearing, how he was sitting, it was just like I don't remember the exact line, but it was just like I am. I, yes, it was that. That was the napkin. No, no, no. Like it was just the, like so obviously given the way he has interacted throughout the rest of the movie, just so forced. Yeah. That it felt and, uh, like know, he was coached obviously, into it. it. just makes sense, right? Another, like, you know, witness tampering, another crime to add to the list of things oh. that, you know, um, that Miles has committed throughout this film. <laughs> so The contents of that envelope and his possession, and that's where we end, right? Um, but yeah, this is, so this is like, in this minute we get the confirmation that this cockiness is not unfounded. Um, but then, obviously, in the next minute, which we'll talk about tomorrow, um, we'll 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 f- hear a little more about why Benoit thinks that, um, and you know, we'll see we'll see what that what goes on there, which I think is a good place for us to end. Um, unless yes. you have other things you want to say about this minute, no, I think you know, eager to to get to the conclusion of of, of Benoit's thoughts. Well, you have to wait twenty four hours. <laughs> yeah, 
because we we record this real time listener and you listen to it exactly when it's released this is how podcasts yes. work yeah um great uh well thanks darren uh for another lovely um discussion here uh this thursday uh do you have any plugs you want to share for uh i will say if you search for my name on uh any uh podcasting app then you should find uh previous episodes of things that i've done and that's easier than listing them all off uh t hanks for that approach um right we meanwhile are at glass onion min all one word on twitter x whatever it is these days we're also now on instagram at benoit blanc minute and if you have it threads.net slash at benoit blanc minute uh no blue sky though hey no uh jack dorsey is a closer to miles braun than anyone else i think you know uh yeah what about uh well well i mean well in 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 the fact that at least the owner of the other site just appears to be an idiot whereas jack dorsey seems to think Mm. that he's a genius um and he's got some kind of unsavory right-wing views where i'm like i don't think i really want to give him Mm. i didn't i did not realize that i haven't actually uh dug into it uh, so no i'm just not on all of them (laughs) because i don't really use them anymore since twitter i started to use twitter right when i started to die and now i'm like do i need to do this and the answer is i don't think so um but listeners what you should be on is some sort of podcasting platform and because you've listened to this episode, uh, it would do us all a great service if you rate, reviewed, subscribed on whatever podcast-catching platform of choice you have. Um, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, and if not, um, Halloween's coming up. Dress up like your favorite episode of this show. I'm not saying your favorite minute. I'm saying dress up as your favorite episode. And when people ask, tell them... Episode X of Glass Onion Min. Or, conversely, just tell someone on Halloween. Uh, That does it for us uh, today. We'll see you tomorrow on Friday on our potentially spoilerific episode here with Darren. Uh, Thanks again for joining us, and thanks for listening. Uh, I've been Adil. And I am editing this episode.